Hello world and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer and you are listening to the podcast Coulda Woulda Shoulda where I focus on not living in regret and forming high functioning habits. I want to inspire you to transform your thoughts for a happier and higher functioning life. We are what we think and we get lost in limiting beliefs. We don't eat well, we don't take charge of our money, manage our commitments and then wonder why we are stressed, overweight, in pain and unhappy with our lives. I haven't met anyone that can't change their mind. That's why I always say, see you on the flip side, as I want to journey with you on coming out the other side. Side of what you might ask? Well, that's up to you. Good morning, world, and welcome to the show. So glad you could join me here today. I hope everyone's having a great day. I've had a very interesting week, and I want to share some things that happen that hopefully will give you some perspective and little wisdom I think I gained and a little further on the whole podcast I did a week ago on money because basically that's what this week was about. Now first of all on a technical note guys I'm really sorry I have done everything I can to figure out what is causing that noise in the background every now and then. I thought it was my chair squeaking, I thought it was my keyboard tray. Nope I am literally soundless right now but there is a little like knocking sound that shows up. It could be my voice So anyways, I apologize for it. I personally, when I'm re-listening to these, find it annoying, but I literally cannot figure out what's causing it. So anyways, let's move on. I got some good reviews back on the, uh, on the money one. I know I was pretty blunt and I went into some pretty, some pretty, uh, in your face detail about my own life and thoughts on money. And it's really hard sometimes for us to think outside our own box. And the perfect example of that was this week. Um, I'm going to segue then come back, was we've had to make a change in our own home. Basically, I started that podcast, as you know, because I finished our year end and realized we weren't making it and changes had to happen. But after a few days of doing what I love doing best, which is talk to your tribe. Ideas, you don't know what you don't know. See if someone's got a different perspective. My son came up with the answer and his comment was brilliant. He makes me so proud. He made the comment, and I probably am saying it not quite right, but the, the, the gist is pretty much still the same. We get stuck in how we think something needs to be. Now, in this particular case, we were talking about my office, and uh, I've decided to sacrifice it for the greater good, and I'll explain in a, in a little bit. But he was commenting that, you know, we always, so often in our human nature is we have something working in our lives and we think that is the only way it can be or should be. Oh guys, that's such a limiting belief. So remember my comment in the last podcast, entitlement is the curb that you will trip on for the rest of your life if you do not not become aware of it and deal with it in your life. This as well is something very similar to that. If you cannot sort of change your mind, which I know I talk about a lot, repurpose something, approach it from a different angle, you're going to find it really hard going, going forward. So I just wanted to sort of start with that. And then I'm going to tell you about my week. Had a long discussion with my husband. We knew we needed to make a change. We live, we are so incredibly blessed. We live on over half an acre just outside of downtown Vancouver. It is Even in a neighborhood where we live in, no one has the property like we have. 
when we purchased it four years ago when I had to sell the big custom-built house um, and the fibromyalgia was causing me to be unable to work in my accounting career, we did not even know this place was here. We had seen it from the front. The next door neighbors are one of my very best friends, but the people that lived here that had done this huge renovation to this particular property, we didn't know them personally. And because the front of the property is this huge garden area that kind of slopes up, the house sits a bit elevated, which has been a godsend the last year when we've had these rainstorms where people have been having their basins flooded out. Mine doesn't, so thank heavens. Um, and I've got these huge gardens, uh, two tiers of them down, and a big circular driveway. Because I live in this neighborhood and I know a lot of the neighbors and I've been in most people's yards and you know what a standard lot feels like in a subdivision in this area, we never dreamed that there was a big yard in the back. We just assumed that all this house sat on a piece of property, that the house was set back, the yard was in the front, and the back was probably quite small. We know there's another ravine on this side of our, our, our neighborhood. We assumed. What we didn't realize until we came to look at the property after all these years that we've lived here is that this property goes straight back and four houses, four or five houses back onto us on one side, which is the roadside, that this property goes straight behind. Now, the backyard's lovely, it's huge, but it also even goes back further into land that's not so usable. For instance, you couldn't build on it because the, the, the ravine cuts across part of it and you're at top of what they call top of bank, not super sturdy, but it's great for like storing, you know, my husband's boat and his ATV shed, little things like that. And then way at the back, there's even a larger piece that is behind a gate where I have my vegetable gardens. Really, the sad part is that piece of property should have been annexed onto one of the houses out on the street so they had this amazing backyard, but apparently no one pulled that together over the years, so we own it all. So basically what I'm trying to say is we have this rustic, I joke, I joke with my husband that when we moved here he bought a campground, because that's the feel I have when I'm always in the backyard. Huge cedar trees, we're very fortunate on, on both sides that there are 15 foot cedar hedges. These are all things that you get when you buy older homes and older properties. So we have this incredible privacy. And for those of you that listen to my podcast regularly and know that my neighbors and kids of my neighborhood come through my yard like they own the joint, uh, you might go, what privacy? But there's a difference between having your friends crash your party and knowing that when you have want your quiet space that people just cannot look into your yard. No one can look into my yard. I can literally walk from my back door to my hot tub naked if I wanted. No one could ever see me other than the people in the house, <laughs> which I have students here, so I can't do that. But what I'm saying is I could. So just a lot of incredible privacy, uh, just one with nature. It really is a very calming property. My mother always comes here and just says, you know, your property has such a lovely feel about it. So we are incredibly blessed. The other thing to note that when we purchased this property four years ago, I cannot believe it's been four years ago this month that we moved in here, January 15th, we moved in because the place, one of the suites, there's three separate suites in this house, uh, was furnished. The lady before us was doing executive rentals and our place, we had been packing up already for two months and it was a disaster area. So we literally just packed an overnight bag and came up and stayed here. There was renters already upstairs and over the next month until the place closed, February 15th or 14th, we lived here and just moved. It gave us an amazing opportunity to downsize while still being in a nice, clean, comfortable environment. It was a real gift. We just paid rent for the month um, from the lady that we bought it from. 
So I apologize. Hopefully I'm still on track. Uh, I was interrupted. You probably heard the phone ringing and came back to this much later. I believe my train of thought was when I was talking about the home was we had options. The nice thing about this place, the people that renovated it was there were options. So I think I mentioned there was technically three suites here. Um, renters were already living upstairs and it's not a huge area upstairs actually downstairs is bigger because there's a huge deck upstairs but downstairs was broken into two suites upstairs was one and the renters were already in place we actually left them there and lived in the basement because we came from 3,500 square feet and we needed that rent and so we just left it. Upstairs really needed to be renovated. <clears throat> it wasn't as nice as one half of the basement was. And I had 1,800 square feet downstairs. So although we lived in all these little small broken up rooms, most of our things you know, that were important to me stayed. I was still able to have people for dinner, you know, small, close people, because it was sort of in a dark little room. But not an open floor plan, not bright and airy, but it was all on one level, no stairs, you know, for my health. <clears throat> Excuse me, but my favorite room in this whole basement was my is my office. It is it is huge. <laughs> Actually, what we should have done was made this our master bedroom, but my husband was having none of that. He's so funny about stuff, but you know, you work with what you've got. So the two master bedrooms, one on either side that did hold a queen or a king size bed, definitely weren't large enough to hold a married couple like us with all our clothes and everything. So basically, our king size bed was on one side of the house. My husband's stuff was in it. The queen size bed that's our guest room was on the other side of the house and my stuff was all in it. So basically we were in each, we were sleeping together, but in our own wing with our own bathroom. And we're not talking a huge amount of space here, guys. Okay. Uh, and there was a door separating it. Well, that door we took off and just made, you know, just made it all one suite our own. One of the bedrooms was converted into my husband's office and this other one, which was small, had bunk beds in it already and it was my granddaughter's bedroom. So it really just worked lovely for us. Technically, there were two entrance foyers into these suites down here. One I closed off, put my infrared sauna in it. Uh, there was great space under the stairs for uh, my wine cellar and the other entered into our main house. So you see what I'm saying here? I, had a, I just had options. What, I'm, what I want to point out to you and, and, and make sure I say in very clear gratitude was we weren't hurting. What was a little tough after a couple of years though is it, it is a bit dark down here and I have a a personality that really needs the light and the, the sunshine and to see the gardens that I spend hours and hours working at, as well as I do battle with depression and being in a dark enclosed space, it started to wear on me after a little while. But we were very grateful for what we had. Coming from the big house to here, it really gave me a year uh, for less physicality and I was able to really get on top of my disease. So I wasn't going up and down three flights of stairs, didn't have this property that was a ravine property that I had to keep gardened, um, just a lot of options. So we're in this place with options. That's great. Year and a half, two years later, I say to Keith, I'm ready now. We, we got a bit of inheritance from his mom. I'd like to move upstairs and we can have a renter downstairs. Well, in actual fact, my husband really didn't want another renter. We'd had a very bad experience. Uh, he, so we were looking for alternatives. Again, nice thing about having a place like this that was technically at one point three suites. So technically I had three kitchens, although one of them didn't have a stove. Uh, and when, they were, when she was decommissioned, this main side over here, the washer and dryer was removed. The washer and dryer actually divided the two rooms. The door that I said we took off, that we used the whole suite, that actually used to barricade the door, uh, but that was no longer there. 
So it's great that we have this space, but we have one suite with no stove that's and can, legally cannot put one back in there, and one suite with no washer and dryer. It makes it very hard to rent contained, unless they just rented out the whole basement. And quite honestly, that wasn't getting us... It was too much of a sacrifice for the return of investment. It always would have made us more money renting two separate suites. Anyway, so what we did was we took an exchange students that most of you know for, for a year if you're a regular listener. That was a financial disaster, although a spectacular experience, okay? And we gave our renter notice and we renovated upstairs. Upstairs is a lovely, beautiful, calm space that I am just, I adore, I absolutely adore the feeling up there because the house is raised. Uh, I look down onto these amazing gardens that are my love all spring, summer, and fall. I put a lot of you know physical effort into those gardens on the weekends, and it's nice that I got to see them. The renters, we just kind of had to laugh. The renters that lived here for a couple of years, they never opened the blinds. We took the blinds off when we had to redo the paint, and, and, and uh, the fireplace had to be ripped out, and the floors had to be redone, and we never put them back up. There's blinds in our bedroom, but that is it. It is, you want to look in my house at night? Fill your boots. <laughs> You're just looking into my dining room, my living room. Uh, because we sat and watched those windows covered up in black for two years. They were like hermit-type people, and they never used this beautiful, almost 500-square-foot deck that was up here, and it really bothered my husband because he's an outdoor person and an entertainer. So it really annoyed him that this amazing outdoor space was up here and just nothing was on it. So again, it's, it's, I'm kind of explaining this because personalities are a huge part of making decisions and compromise, and again, how we get into our tunnel vision, how we think there's only one way of doing things. Now, I love change. Still doesn't mean that I don't sometimes see the forest through the trees. I mean, we're all guilty of that. The one thing I've learned in, you know, the wisdom of age is I go talk to people. So as I mentioned very early in the podcast, I went and talked to my tribe. I get right on the uh, Marco Polo app with my four girlfriends and said, hey, this is what we're doing. Keith is not handling it well. <laughs> Uh, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Shoot, throw ideas. Let's let's just batter it back and forth. Just give it to me. Then I let my and then a separate uh, message talk to my son as well because he has a very logical mind and he thinks left to center. Sometimes he gets stuck in his own ruts. He's aware of that with his own personality, but he really has the ability to see other people's issues, which is is you know what that can be the case for a lot of us. Have you ever met someone that you know maybe does a job? And they're really good at it, but that particular skill set in their own life, they don't put into practice. Uh, psychologists are <laughs> really, really, unfortunately, a uh, good example. A lot of the time, they can't seem to put their own advice to work in their own lives. Um, but some people just have a gift for being the objective, objective observer. So don't sometimes judge people that, you know, they... It's not about necessarily walking the walk, although I guess that is part of it and that's how we would take it. But some people just do have a gift for seeing the problem, but never in themselves. But don't ever think that that, don't waste that gift in someone else. If you have use of it, if you have someone in your circle that's like that, be grateful they have that gift. And if it benefits your life, that's my attitude. And don't get hung up on the fact that they can't see their own mountain for the, you know, um, their own forest for the trees. Sometimes that's just the, the way we're wired. So the neat thing was, 
we decided this year that we would take in adult students. So we literally put the door back on, kept one half of our basement to ourselves because that gives me a guest room, my husband's office, our TV room, and my office. At the, my office at the back is accessible from that side. Closed off the other side, opened up the entrance foyer that used to be storage and said, here you go guys. We would just like young adult students. We were, were kind of per, we're kind of nurturing parental type people anyways. Two of our students that have already been here, they are here because their parents came with them and met us and said, you're staying here where it's safe. Uh, I live in a, you know, a metropolitan city. There's a lot of scary things that go on around the area that I live in, in the city I live in. It's, it actually breaks my heart. So a lot of times these students just don't have a lot of really nice, safe options, and we have that. So it, it, we're thrilled to share it. However, we brought them in for in September. We started this, and we're loving it. This is a really good fit for us but we still need this property to generate more income. So I said to my husband, I think we should move out of the basement on the other side for a year or so and get ourselves you know, back on track and see how we do. Let's downsize again. Well, he wasn't thrilled with that idea because it's very hard. It's, and I think maybe men are, are of this generation are a little worse. There's a lot of ego that's tied up in the fact that you, know, you feel like you're not supplying, you're not providing for the, the family. Remember, we're in our 50s. We're not young people starting out. We, we are still molded by a different generational outlook on the world and definitely still have a lot of gender issues that the new generation isn't as crippled by. You know, I grew up in the barefoot and pregnant attitude. Am I that way? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, and my husband respects that I'm a strong woman, but we are still molded by our upbringing is all I'm saying. So he is still a man's man from that generation. And I think he took it partially as a, as a slight on him that he couldn't provide enough. But there is almost no one that can afford to live in the lower mainland of Vancouver, Canada any longer. It is a grossly expensive city to live in. Starter homes are a million dollars. It is crazy. So anyways, we are very fortunate to have what we have and we have a property that we knew when we moved here that it would always give us options. I guess we probably just didn't think we'd need them quite as quickly. We figured more retirement wise or a few years down the road. Doesn't matter. We need them now because there's things we still want to do, have freedom to do financially. Like travel. Shelly likes to travel. So we had about three days. Now here's something I want to point out about wisdom. I was, I'm going to toot my own horn because I have to say even I stunned myself. I tend to react quickly and I'm very emotional. I often speak without thinking. It is a, and I'm very impatient. It is a very serious character flaw of my life and it got me into a lot of trouble. I like to think I have aged and matured. So we talked about it for a couple of days. I knew in my heart of hearts he just needed to go to his, you know, virtual cave. He actually has a man cave on the property out in behind uh, our backyard, but I, I, I actually mean his, his, um, his virtual cave. It's a kind of an expression. Keith needs to go ponder things, not have me natter at him, not, I'm ready. Like I've made my decision. I go to yoga one morning and I decide I'm ready to let go of this. I can downsize a little bit more. I'm okay. I am, we are okay. We have been given the option to survive and thrive I can do this. I can make these sacrifices and make this work, which means three hours later, I'm ready to put the plan into motion. <laughs> my three hours is my husband's three months if I let him, okay? I needed to just give him a minimum of three days 
And let me tell you, that was hard, really, really hard. So this is Monday. By Thursday, I need to take my car into be serviced. And I said, you know, do you want to talk about it now? Unfortunately, he hadn't dealt and he exploded. The interesting part of me sharing probably something he probably would not want me sharing with the world was my reaction or my lack of reaction to it. Normally someone, he got a little bit mean and he said some things I know he regrets because we talked about it later. But at the time going through it, I, I really and truly just almost felt detached from my body where I was in my head going, don't react, don't react, don't react, don't react. He didn't need me to fight with him and make it ugly. He needed to vent a little bit. He shouldn't have said what he, should, he said. Fair enough. But me pouring gasoline on an open fire really wouldn't have solved the problem at all. That would have not have been a mature reaction. It certainly would not have been a caring, loving reaction. Nobody's perfect, folks. Marriages survive for 20 years and longer because people learn to forgive, to adjust, not because they've never had a fight and never disagreed. Keith and I are two very strong individuals and there's just no way in life that two people like us could live together and never have had rocky times. It literally is impossible. I'm a Gemini. I'm emotional. He's a Taurus. He is stubborn. <laughs> we are probably a couple that would never have made it married in our 20s. Luckily, we married in our mid to late 30s. Um, but younger, absolutely not. I, I just, I just, I, I really have, I've thought about this much over the years. I don't think we ever would have survived it with, with our personalities in a young marriage where we were still both very immature. Anyways, so I was really proud of myself. I got home and I literally, he parked. I got out of the vehicle, gently closed the door and walked in the house. I didn't react. I didn't call him names. I didn't scream and yell. I have been that way in the past. You know what it's like. If you've ever had a fight, no one likes to be attacked. You want to yell and scream and make your point of view known. I'd already given three plus days. I was able to show that amount of patience for that week. I could show patience for another 24 hours. It ended up being 48, but that's okay. There was no point in saying things that potentially could have ended our marriage or caused such a rift that it would have made our marriage uncomfortable for a very long time. So there is something I really want you to ponder about your reaction to situations. I've had moments in my past that I am not proud of, not my finest hour. I do have to say I was very proud of my reaction that day or lack of it not escalating an already very sensitive situation. All right, so now we're into the weekend. I, we think that probably the best idea here, I've talked, and it was great, I went down and took uh, dinner to my mom and dad that night, um, which was a little tough, because you know, I didn't want them knowing what was going on right then, but I, my mom and I have really developed a, a much better relationship this last year, and we got chatting about things, and she had some great ideas about the lack of washer and dryer on this side. Some things that actually would have worked. Uh, that's great. How about, then I got home and thought, what about executive rentals? I live about 15 minutes from an area where there's a lot of uh, head offices coming in to the area and executives need to travel. 
It would mean that someone wouldn't be in our basement all the time, but we'd make a little bit better dollar value for it. You know, it's furnished, not, we don't have to remove any of our personal things, and we wouldn't have like a, a renter-renter. Uh, if you're wondering why I'm against the renting, for those of you that do not live in British Columbia that are my listeners, our rental tenancy laws in BC, Canada are atrocious. All the rights are with the tenant. The landlord has no rights whatsoever, which means someone could be living in your home, not paying you rent and destroying your home and you legally can't get rid of them. It takes months. The damage, they could, they could leave you with tw- tens of thousands of dollars of damage, no rent, and you have no legal right to get rid of them uh, and no easy way to get rid of them. Or if someone's in your home and they're just making your life miserable, that's not an excuse. You can't, you can't give them notice. So I'm the one paying the mortgage. I'm the one with a million dollars invested, but some person that can't afford their own home has more rights than I do in my own home. So our laws are absolutely socialistically a nightmare and it's making for a really big problem because over the last decade, people have stopped wanting to have renters. So now we have a rental shortage and we have a lot of foreign investing money in this in city. So our prices for housing is through the roof. People can't find homes, which is why kids are having a really tough time in starting out. Basement suites are $1,500. Really yucky people are um, renting out places to kids and making them share bedrooms and putting six, seven kids in two bedrooms and and charging like $800 a person. Like it's just appalling. And yet our government does nothing about that. So I really, I, that could be a whole podcast on its own. Canada, if you're one of my foreign listeners, it's not a perfect country. We have a, a, we have a lot of issues actually that need to be addressed. But for the most part, we're very, very fortunate. So we thought about this and I thought, okay, this could work. Use Airbnb. I don't want people here nightly. I don't have that kind of energy with my own business going on. But weekly or monthly long-term executive rentals, this, this could work. Because then I could just, I'm the one changing the bedding. And if they needed access to laundry, they could, you know, use my upstairs. Or we could have put something out in a shed. Sounds great. And then my son came up and, and gave me the, you know, after I've talked with my girlfriends and we all start thinking about how we can move things around, how we can make it work, pros and cons of this versus that. My son comes and goes, mom, I really think your best option is get two more students and open up the whole basement. That way, you know, there's some really neat things about this. Our things don't have to be given away yet. We're not, we were not really emotionally and physically ready to get rid of all of our stuff yet empty out all of her things out of this basement the bone of contention was my husband he was bitter about giving up his office it's a little dark hole in the wall but it was his and it's his little space besides his man cave out there it was his and he's 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 not happy my son says mom are you ready to give up your office and I thought about it and I thought this is the compromise my office is big enough and it already is right now to be an office and a TV room. Mac, there already is a small TV in here and a couch with a hide-a-bed in it in case we had overflow guests or something. So I just use it as one half of it as a treatment room for my ionic foot baths and coaching. And my other half of it is, it's divided by a big credenza, is my desk for my accounting practice. All I have to do is move my office upstairs where his was supposed to be after the reno. And then he said something very interesting. He says, mom, you already make upstairs all about you. You know, you don't want TVs up there and you don't want electronics up there because it's your quiet space. Like there's no TV in my living room upstairs. That is entertaining space and quiet space. It's calm. It's, it's calm space. He says, so why would you want Keith up there in, in the spare room up there when you could just make that whole floor yours and then he has got 
his own TV room downstairs, his own office, and he's always coveted my office, but I'm the one that worked at home, so I got this space, and it was an office before. Are you willing to compromise? Yes, I was. So three things that I just want to point out that I was really happy with myself about. I showed the patients to give him three or four days in his, in his cave to go ponder the world. I did not rise to the bait during ugly fight. And I compromised and said, you know what? He needs something here because he feels like he's making all the sacrifices. He's not, but that's how he feels. What can I give him to make this easier on him? And now that I've got my head around it, let me tell you, everyone was in agreement. Went back to my tribe. Everyone's like, this is absolutely the best option. Now, let's make it work. In fact, I've got a girlfriend coming up beginning of March that's going to help me with the heavy lifting to move the kitchens back and forth around and, and the last bedroom out and uh, because that my personal things are all in there. Ryan had more suggestions about portable wardrobes versus some other things. I was thinking of putting permanent wardrobes upstairs in the spare room. He goes, no, make that your office. Take that little spare kitchen in the back, put portable wardrobes, use that for storage, and give the four kids the main kitchen downstairs. You don't even have to move out of your TV room. You could still use it. It doesn't have to be 100% private space for them. They could have their wings. And you know what? We went and sat down with our students, and they were thrilled. First of all, they were totally fine. One of them is really thrilled because he lives here from India with no family. He wants people around, he, and he doesn't want to be cut off from us fully. Everyone was like, you guys offer a lot here. We love it here. We're safe. It's beautiful. And having a few more people here, they're thrilled about getting the bigger kitchen. And they also didn't tell us that the hot plates we had got them weren't boiling water. So now they're going to get a real kitchen with a real stove. And I've got my storage back. I'm not having to buy sheds and put them on my deck and kind of... Mickey Mouse things. It's because I'm just kind of taking it back to how I had it before. It's just a wonderful solution. Now, my husband's a little funny because he's like, okay, that sounds great. Um, you know, there's no rush on this. I'm like, oh, yeah, there is. <laughs> now i got to put him on a timeline. Bedroom one's already advertised for, for rent March 1st, the big bedroom April 1st. He says, honey, this is happening. The cash flow needs to keep being momentumized, like, immediately. That's what I wanted to share with you, really, was to tell you the story. This is a little bit more of just, here's the story of what happened in my life this week. Show you the wins, where wisdom stepped in and averted what could have been such ugliness. I can't begin to tell you if you've never experienced this in your life, one, because either you're just very young and you've never been in a serious relationship or a marriage, or you've just been fortunate enough to be with someone or, or maybe you're not with someone that you've never had that sort of catalyst to a bonfire fight, you know, where just the, the gasoline gets thrown and the flames get higher and things get said that no one ever comes back from. Keith and I have had, you know, two other major fights in our almost 20 years together. And one of them took years to get past. I actually was ready to leave him. I wanted to divorce him. I was done with our marriage. And I flipped a lid one day just gardening. I just had enough of whatever we were fighting about for months. And I just didn't want to be with him anymore. I just felt that I would be at least alone. I didn't, wouldn't have these th this fighting all the time. Well, my husband, that betrayed his trust. And it took years for him to come back from that. 
to build that trust. He just, and you could see it, even though our relationship we recovered and I went away to England for a couple of months on business. And when I came back, we reconciled and we worked through it, but I could always feel him holding part of himself back. And it was because I had broken that trust. It took years and years to build that back up. So there was no way in that moment, in that car, when things were said, that I was going to let that happen again. Even though he was the one doing the saying, I could have said back things that maybe no one ever for the rest of our marriage could have truly, truly gotten over. Same thing in the beginning of our marriage. He said something to me once that to this day, if I'm feeling mad or angry, I will dredge it up and relive it in my head um, and know that maybe I'm not the person he should be with. We've each got these one thing. In 20 years, we've each got this one memory that at times when we're feeling weak and sad that we hang on to. You don't need more of those in your life, okay? Learn from them. And if you've never had them and you think it may happen, please learn from mine. <laughs> if, if that's all this podcast does, please learn from mine mistakes. So we have options. We have students coming. It fulfills a number of things. I do want to, I know this podcast is going a little long. All mine go a little long. I'm sorry. But I want to also just address quickly feeding your own personality. Here is what it feeds for us. Keith and I both have an extremely strong sacred gift of hospitality and service. We love to look after people. We love to entertain people. Now, he jokingly joked about when we said, when I came to him and said, Ryan's got a better suggestion. What about students versus executive rentals? This was a few days after, you know, making the decision and coming to the conclusion that this does have to get done. Yep, kids are better. I can boss them around. <laughs> He says it like that, but anybody that knows my husband, actually what he means is he gets to play Papa Bear. He is a protector of the nth degree. That's why every kid in this neighborhood calls him Uncle Keith. They feel safe. They'll come to him if they need something. It is who he is as an individual. It is who he is as a person. I realize that my health prohibits me from having, you know, big, beautiful parties like I used to one, you know, when we had our decade of, of prosperity, 100-person parties twice a year were not a big deal for me. We could afford them, and I had the energy to do them. Like, I'd spend months baking, preparing, weeks cooking. That cannot happen in my life anymore for so many reasons. But I miss it. I miss giving back like that and sharing of what I have in my home. And I've noticed the last three months since the kids have been here, we get that feeling is back for us again. So versus having strangers doing, you know, some executive rental or just having just renters in your house that just pay you their rent, their furniture's in your space and you have no access to it, no say in it. And, you know, hopefully you might get along in the yard, but they're not part of your life. This feeds a huge need for us as, as people. Now, that does not mean that that is what may perhaps what you are like. The point, thing I'm trying to point out to you is when you are able to take that step back and like my son pointed out, mom. Think about repurposing. Like he needed me to step out of my tunnel vision a little bit and think twice about, does your office need to be downstairs? Could you finally get your sauna out of that other entrance for you into the office once the server and the filing cabinet and everything were, up, were out of here and make that completely storage, just block off both doors and like you can just fill it full of junk and shelving units and you have all the storage you need without a shed. You know, can you change this to that? 
are you able to kind of get outside of your box and how you think something should be and, and repurpose it? Yes, I'm pretty good at that actually. Doesn't mean I'm perfect at it and doesn't mean that someone else can't come up with a better idea. So he got me thinking on a new track. And then it started to open up that we were happy. I was happy with this decision. Keith was happy. There was kids in our home that he knew that, that were safe and that he may jokingly say, I can boss them around, which means, you know, I get to play dad. But actually, that gives him a lot of joy. He's really not bossing anybody around. If you want something done, he tells me to go look after it. He means I've got someone to look after. He likes that role. He may not even be conscious of it, but I am. As his wife, I'm very clear about that about himself. I'm very clear on my needs of hospitality. So this decision of not only having, you know, four years ago, having this house presented to us, it was just a gift from God, knowing we made a great financial investment, knowing it gave us options if things went sideways. Even if we couldn't afford to live in it, we had ways to make it affordable to live in it. It gave us flexibility should we retire still on this property we could rent out the you know two of the suites which the basement basically and travel and there'd be someone on the property would bring an extra income to allow as we got older people to come and do the heavy yard work you know my husband I joke about him working part-time in a sales career but he is also the man that keeps this entire half acres outside other than the actual gardening part clean and tidy and let me tell you it is a full-time job practically i live on the west coast of bc with cedar trees and weather and storms these yards are there we're not out with kids at baseball games every weekend and that sort of thing we're you know grown children with a granddaughter our life on the weekends is this property and we enjoy it it's not everyone's thing but for us it's our joy our gardening and our cleanup we love to spend the whole day tunes going we have the backyard previous owners it's all wired with speakers tunes are going we're not bothering the neighbors because of the hedges and the privacy he's got blowers going I've got gardening we he cleans up my mess as I make it and then we all sit down at four o'clock and we pop cocktails and friends drop in even if I'm sitting in my muddy gardening clothes that's how we live doesn't mean that's right for you what I'm saying though is are you aware of how what works with your personality and changes you might need to make in your life to not only be happier but to financially survive there are a lot of factors that tie into the happiness around decisions that you make with managing again from last week's podcast what you have have a great day everyone and I'll catch you on the flip side Thank you again for joining me today and remember to focus on not living in regret. I invite you to subscribe to my show so you don't miss a thing. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at either High Functioning Habits or Living Well with Shell. And I invite you to leave a rating on my show about what you like best or message me with something you'd like me to speak on next. Remember, willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan.